Hey, hey, welcome to the Sweat and Reflect podcast, where we'll break down how life is happening for you and not to you. I'm Meredith, a 30-something teacher and health coach who is committed to helping you realize your potential and crush your goals. We'll laugh together, cry together, and at the end of the day, grow together. Are you ready to sweat and reflect your way through this crazy thing we call life? Okay, then, let's go. Hey friend, welcome back. So I don't honestly don't even know where to start. So I guess let's just start with some context. I am recording this episode in real time. So you are listening to it on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever, sometime after it has dropped. But I'm recording this the Thursday before. It is eight o'clock at night. I'm in my PJs. I've had a low energy day, but this this feeling, this intuition inside me is saying, you need to sit down and record this. You need to talk to your audience about what is coming up for you right now in real time, because it is not only important for me as the host and someone still processing my grief and publicly admitting that I'm the widow of an alcoholic, but it is crucial for those of you that listen and for those of you that are doing the work of self-reflecting or putting yourselves out there or just, you know, starting to openly acknowledge parts about yourself that maybe you've kept submerged, hidden, whatever word you want to use for a while. So a little more context. Earlier today, um, Ryan and I had a conversation. We we had plans to hang out and a friend of his reached out last minute and was like, hey, you know, haven't seen you in a while. Let's get together. So Ryan is with his friend, just totally fine. We see each other almost every day. So him, quote unquote, bailing at the last minute was not the issue. The issue when he told me that this was going to happen was he's going to go out. He's going to go to a bar or a restaurant they will inevitably have at least one drink. I know that in Ryan's single days, you know, they would go out and get wasted and, you know, hit the town. Is that even cool to say anymore? Probably not. So, you know, there's all of this, this backstory, these things that I know about Ryan, which again is fine, right? He has a history and none of this is abnormal, right? It's completely normal for late 20, early something year old guys to go out, to drink, to hit up the few bars. So none of this was really the issue. What I quickly realized, and this has come up like one or two other times um, in the time that we've been together, is I was immediately having a visceral reaction to him just saying, I'm going out without me. Now, you might ask, okay, Meredith, what's the big freaking deal, right? He's a grown man. He had a life before you. Again, him going out with a friend is not the issue. Has never been the issue. The issue for me is as a, as a result of being the widow of an alcoholic, I have spent the past, well, pre-2020, yeah, pre-2020, I had spent at least 
two years monitoring Tim's alcohol intake, his whereabouts, like I would track him. I was in a constant state of fight or flight, anxiety, tracking, whatever you want to call it, my mental, physical, and emotional well-being was shot as a result of of just being worried about him, right? Because at this point, I could see the writing on the wall. I was terrified of his safety or for his safety. Um, all of the things that go into just just wanting the person that you love to come home in one piece, right? So this is how I had spent years of my life, being in this heightened state. And for about a year and a half, two years, 2020 to the end of you know last year, 2021, I didn't have to worry, right? And for me, it was even better that I was able to start my grieving process in the middle of the pandemic. I'm in a way condoning the pandemic, but for me and my in, in my healing process, it worked because I didn't have to start to confront a lot of things, right? I could just grieve. I didn't have to worry about being places, um, attending things. I didn't have to do all of the quote-unquote normal behaviors that we're finding ourselves re-entering now as the pandemic is ebbing, right? Going away, dissipating. So let's take a step back because I feel like this is maybe a little bit confusing. Let's say 2018, 2020, was in a heightened state of anxiety, could feel it in my gut, wasn't sleeping, always felt like I was going to throw up, all of these things because I was worried about Tim's safety and I felt like I had to know exactly where he was, who he was with, and I had to have a way to get in touch with whoever he was with because there was there were moments where I couldn't get in touch with Tim, so I had to know who he was with to somehow find Tim. Okay. Mid-2020 to end of 2021, didn't have to worry about that, right? Wasn't worried about anybody but myself and my healing process and the just process of processing Tim's death, grieving, all of the things. Now that I'm in this relationship with Ryan, it is wonderful on so many levels. Otherwise, I obviously wouldn't be in the relationship. And one of the levels that is actually very beneficial right now is the fact that I'm being triggered. So let's just take a step because depending on how you're hearing that, you might think, my God, Ryan is triggering you. This is terrible. You shouldn't, you know, be leaning into that. Who wants to be triggered? Why are you openly sitting here talking about it? All of the things. Here's why it is a positive thing right now that I'm being triggered. It is because it is forcing me to confront my anxieties and a whole host of other feelings and thoughts and emotions that I have suppressed for the past almost two years. And I'm being forced to confront what my issues were and are, both with Tim and now as a woman in a new relationship with someone who is different than Tim, right? It's not a good different or a bad different, just different than Tim. So, you know, earlier tonight when Ryan was telling me who's going to go out with this friend, 
it wasn't that he was going out per se. It was that he was going out with me. And I had to tell him, literally took that deep breath and said, this is not about you and what you're doing. This is about me. Because I could immediately feel, and you can't see me, but I'm like holding that like space around like your diaphragm, like below your rib cage, above your gut, where that is where my anxiety lives. You know, I saw that text message, you know, babe, I'm, I think I'm going to go out tonight. Is that cool? And he was saying, is that cool? Because we talked about possibly like meeting up. So I don't, I don't need to give him permission to live his life, you know? Um, and, you know, part of the issue, you could say, oh, well, Marathon, you were upset that he was going out, even though you guys had kind of made plans. Honestly, that was not the issue. The issue was he's going out with this guy who I know, you know, they would party together. And I am now being forced to just trust that Ryan is going to make smart decisions. Now, in the almost four months that Ryan and I have been together, has he given me any reason to question him? No. Am I much more aware of what I want, what I'll stand for, what is a red flag? Yes. It also helps that Ryan is extremely emotionally available. So we have a lot of conversations, both about my past, his past, and you know where we are right now and where we want to go. But back to you know, this moment just a few hours ago as I'm recording this where I I panicked. And again, luckily, he is the type of guy where he's not reactive. You know, he picked up the phone, he called me and he was like, okay, what's going on? Because um, I had texted him and I was like, I just need you to make me one promise. And so, and he called me, he's like, okay, like what? What's going on? What's the problem? What's what's the promise? And I said, you know, I just, I need you to not drink and drive. If you need me to come get you, like, please call. If you need to crash with your buddy, whatever. But like, this is just the one thing that I'm going to ask you to do, which seems reasonable and it is. And from, but the reason I'm bringing it up is obviously because that's just the safe thing to do, but because I was able to articulate that, right? There would have been a point with Tim, with, you know, maybe if, if this wasn't Ryan and we weren't already so open with each other, where if I was having this conversation with someone else, where it would have been reactive, I may have shut down. I may have gotten really hostile. You know, there could have been a whole, or there would have been a whole host of emotions that wouldn't have benefited either of us. But because I've been doing a lot of work on myself and because, again, I am in a relationship with someone where we are extremely vocal um, and honest with one another. I could tell him, listen, please go be with your friend, right? We are not going to be the type of couple where I hold you back from seeing your friends. You hold me back from seeing my friends. I just need you to be smart. And he was like, of course, of course, I'm going to be smart. And I was like, listen, I know that, right? Again, you've given me no reason to question up until this point, who you are, the type of man that you are, you know, how you handle yourselves in situations. But you have to know that based on my past, me just being like, okay, have a great time is really hard for me. Because in my past, 
And again, this isn't, obviously this has to do with Tim, but this isn't necessarily about Tim, right? This it could be about anybody, right? I've, I've done this with brothers and whatever. I need to be able to trust you that you're going to get home okay. I need to trust that you are not going to put yourself in a situation where you are hurt or somebody else is hurt. I also need to trust that you're going to be faithful to me. And all of these these things and these emotions, you know, they're still there a little bit, but because I was able to articulate them to Ryan, because I was able to be honest with him, I know that I'm going to be able to go to sleep tonight a whole hell of a lot easier than the Meredith back in 2019 or prior to that. Part of it is because of who Ryan is, but a lot of it is because I am able to, again, articulate, identify, and own how I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing, and what I want. So how how can this benefit you? All right, maybe you're listening and you're like, Meredith, I am not with someone who's an addict. You know, we can go out, we can have a good time, everything's great. Fine. Listen, I, I want that for you, right? Everybody should be able to just go out, be with their friends, and live their lives. But I think if you sat in silence for just a little bit, you would find that you are triggered by something, right? Maybe it's your boss sending those ridiculous emails last minute and expecting you to drop everything to help him or her. Maybe it's the way that one of your parents leans on you just to do everything, even though you already have a full-time job, hobbies, a relationship, possibly kids. Maybe it's the way your best friend, you know, you don't hear from her for weeks at a time. And then as soon as she's ready to hang out with you, she expects you to drop everything. Right? Obviously, I hope you don't have any of these problems, but we all are triggered by something. Maybe it's something as simple as you're like me and you're triggered triggered by chewing, right? And it just drives you bananas. You have to like turn up the volume or like amp up the conversation, whatever. You're triggered by something. So now ask yourself, when you are triggered by that thing, right? That person, that, that thing, how are you reacting? Are you immediately shutting down? Are you getting hostile? Are you getting testy? You know, you're like, fine, I'll do it myself. Are you just typing back in the text that bold letter K? Or the just simple O and K? Or you know that the other person on the receiving end of that text message, they're going to take that and they know you're a little pissed? Are you kind of like moving things around? And it's like making noise, things are clattering and whoever's with you can feel your energy has shifted. Start snapping at people, start snapping at your kids. Right? We're all triggered by something. And if you're able to sit quietly and silently for just a little bit, 
I want you, once you've identified that trigger, feel in your body where that is coming up, right? I talked about for me, how it's sitting at the base of my ribs, around the air of my diaphragm and my gut. And it just feels so overwhelming and panicky. Like I have to like shut shit down. Like I have to go into mom mode, even though I've never been a mom, I'm just in mom mode, right? Maybe your shoulders are suddenly hunched forward and all of the tension is building in your neck. Maybe your jaw is suddenly super tight and you are feeling your teeth grind. Maybe you're just pacing, right? How is your body reacting? Because the minute you realize that your body is reacting, the minute you can start to not necessarily control, but process what you are feeling. Again, identify the trigger, articulate the trigger. Even if you can't say to the, you know, to your boss, you know, screw you for sending me this email last minute, you can say it out loud, right? You can just verbalize it to yourself, text your spouse, text your work bestie, whatever. And then just figure out how to move through it. You know, maybe it's having a full conversation with that person or that thing that doesn't make sense with the person that's bothering you. Maybe it's journaling it out if it's more of a thing that sets you off, how that's affecting you. Maybe it's just sitting in silence and doing um, square breathing, right? Breathe in for four seconds, hold it for four seconds, blow it out for four seconds. Maybe you have to do that three to five times to really calm down your central nervous system. We spend so much time, or I've at least spent so much time in a heightened state of anxiety and panic that it has literally done damage to my body. And it is damage that I'm trying to work through in real time. The small steps that I am taking by, again, identifying, articulating, processing when I feel that anxiety specifically when it comes to anything associated with drinking is huge for me. The Meredith of four years ago would have just shut down, been pissed off, would have thrown things, whatever. And it would have just intensified the situation in a way that would not have benefited anybody. Am I still feeling a little anxiety that Ryan is out right now? Absolutely. But I know that it's my thing. Right? I I can't ask, nor would I ask Ryan to sit home to ease my anxiety. Right? Because Ryan's not the issue. My body is going through a muscle memory of what it was like to worry about Tim. And so taking the time to be aware, identify the trigger, to articulate the trigger and process the trigger, both with Ryan in this case and myself, is incredible. And so I wanted to come on here and share this with you. Because again, regardless of whether or not you are in a situation similar to me, or you're just a human being and you're triggered by things because we're all freaking triggered by things. What are we doing to help that situation? 
What are we doing to calm our nervous system? What are we doing to take ourselves out of perhaps that fight or flight, that anxious state? It's not easy. Okay, I'm not saying by any means that you're going to do three rounds of square breathing and be like, ooh, that's it, triggers over. It may still linger. And the, didn't even mention this, there are varying degrees of trigger, right? There are triggers. There are the teeny tiny little ones where your kid just drops their bottle and you have to pick it up for the 40th time, or there's ones like that I'm dealing with. Either way, take the time to process it, or again, to identify it, to articulate it, and to process it. If you can have the conversation with the individual, if it's the person that's triggering you, do so. If you can't do that, journal it out, sit in silence, but do something to understand where in your body it's coming up and why it's coming up for you. Gotta say, I'm feeling so proud of myself that I am able to sit here and talk about this and to reflect on this conversation and know that I'm going to be okay. I don't have to let what happened to me two years ago dictate how I'm going to react the rest of my life, right? There's going to be moments. There are probably other moments where I will be triggered by certain things. The fact that I can articulate it that I can sit with it, that I can process it, that I can share about it is such a huge win. And I hope that if you have been in a state where you have not been able to really identify, articulate, and process, that you'll be able to give yourself time to do those things, to take a step forward. And in time, maybe, well, not maybe, I know you will. In time, if you do the work, you will be able to have this conversation like I'm having with you now. Triggers are always going to be there. We just get to choose how we're going to respond to them. So if this topic resonated with you, I would love, love, love to hear from you, especially since I know the podcast has taken a little bit of a turn and I want to make sure that this content is connecting with you and that you are getting something from it because I know that it is a lot, but I also know that there is the potential for it to help so many of you. So as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Meet me over on Instagram at meredith.coviello.felice and let's continue this conversation. Let me know what else I can do to support you and just know, girl, that you are so loved. You are so capable and you're beyond strong. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. If you love this episode, share it with your bestie or share it on social media and tag me so I can thank you for your support. I am so grateful to share this space with you. Talk to you soon.